It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. All right, back with you. Here we go. Hour number two of the show in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Great folks. And staying connected to you here because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire. Customer inspired. Y'all get on in here. You want to be a part of the show? That'd be great. Appreciate all the texts and calls in hour one. We had some memories popping up from y'all on the text line a little bit ago. Hoghead Cheese said when he was a kid, they only had three channels on television. Yeah, I mean, it's so much different now. Like, it's just totally different. Totally different. Not even close to the same as it used to be. St. Louis Vic says, uh, Matt. Uh, that's why we need to figure out a way to count streams of these shows so they won't cancel my favorites so quick. <laughs> right, they don't count the streams, right? I got you. I got you. All right, so a lot of baseball in hour one. There's some big news in the NFL football world. We'll get that to you uh, coming up as well. Um, some guests coming up, including now I, I, I do want to get this thing because I think uh, my guest who's hanging on, we'll go to him in just a second, might actually enjoy this little nugget of information. I say enjoy. Um, it's just a look back. But in the notes that popped up earlier today, uh, significant uh, things in history on this day, March the 8th. How about this? March the 8th, 1999, not that long ago. Hall of Fame center fielder for the New York Yankees, Joe DiMaggio, died of lung cancer at the age of 84 on this day back in 1990. What do you know? We need a hit, so here I go. Ball one. Of course, you know, in 1941, DiMaggio had the 56-game hitting streak. Major League record, 56-game hitting streak. He started baseball's famous streak that's got us all aglow. He's just a man and not a free Jolton Joe DiMaggio. Joe, Joe DiMaggio, we want you and I. Yeah, he said he's just a man, not a freak. How about that? Got to the majors at the age of 21, batted 323 in his first year, helped the Yankees to the 36th World Championship, 1936. 13-year career for DiMaggio, played in 10 World Series and won nine of them, and then set that 56-game hitting streak, still stands. Incredible career. Yeah, even got a song about it. And uh, one of my friends, a guy who is a Yankees fan, is on your radio right now on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Charlie Winfield. He's also a big state baseball fan also. We'll talk about that too. Hey, Charlie, thanks for some time today, man. Hope you're doing well. Man, I'm doing good. And you know, Matt, any of those guys that you look at that play the third, 30s, 40s, early 50s, yeah. you also have to look at the time they missed in military service. You know, Ted Williams, obviously a Red Sox, missed the heart of his service. DiMaggio did too, although he he actually requested a combat assignment and they wouldn't give it to him. They basically had him out playing baseball uh, and kind of doing tours to raise money, hmm. uh, which he was embarrassed by. So... But still missed three years uh, right there in the heart of his career. You wonder how much some of those guys, their numbers would be different if they'd have been able to 
to keep playing. No doubt about it. And, you know, too, uh, Charlie, like, I'm trying to think here. I, this may be an absurd comparison, but you think about, okay, Tom Brady and the way we classify him and frame him up in his recent NFL career because of all the championships, right? And you look at a guy like DiMaggio, who had a 13-year career, played in 10 World Series and won nine of them. And maybe he had a teammate who was parallel with him during that time. But, you know, you, you look back and no wonder the whole world, because baseball was such a big deal back then, no wonder the whole world was so crazy about Joe DiMaggio. At that time, they thought he was the greatest to ever come along. You know, it's funny how things get framed in our mind, too, because a guy that played with DiMaggio for about five, six years, you know, Yogi Berra, we think of as kind of the, a comedic, you know, funny guy. But yeah. Yogi Berra won 10 championships, was a league MVP three times. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I had seasons where he barely struck out in double digits, uh, which is uh, in today's baseball. Uh, in fact, how about this? In, I was looking this up the other day. Yogi Berra's last, you know, full season where he played over 100 games, I think he struck out like 25 times. 23 times. Yeah, that's uh, that's called the first week of May for guys like Joey Gallo now. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? I mean, that is just incredible. Um, Charlie Winfield on your radio right now. Now, it, it's sort of impromptu here talking about looking back at Joe DiMaggio, but, um, or DiMaggio, as it were, but really wanted to talk a little midweek college baseball, if you will, on your radio right now. You hear and see Charlie on the SEC Network Plus broadcast with Bart Gregory throughout the year. Uh, you hear him on the Out of Left Field podcast with Bart as well. And uh, but we'll preview some stuff live here on the radio. So, uh, Charlie, I, I don't know where the best place to start the conversation on state baseball is, but let's just start with kind of your thoughts coming out of the weekend loss of the series to Tulane. How, how do you sum things up? Well, I think the fact that I worked so hard to talk about the New York Yankees in the 40s and 50s probably tells you uh, where my mindset is right now <laughs> about uh, college baseball. Man, it's a team that uh, you go back last year, how many things went right, you look right now, boy, it seems like everything's going wrong. And you, you look, Landon Sims, um, you know, you're probably never going to see him throw a college pitch again. Um, a lot of word right now about whether Stone Simmons uh, may have some more complicating issues. We haven't seen Casey Hunt in a while. Um, it's um, it's a little bit of a mess, and you would like to say, hey, there's some positives in that Logan Tanner hit it well. Hunter Hines uh, has just been an outstanding hitter here early in his career. Cumbus hitting it well. and You, you, you want to kind of look at some of those, but you're really burying the lead when you when you don't start. Just looking at the situation you're having to deal with right now with uh, with the the loss of Landon Sims that we uh, assume is awaiting everything but confirmation right now. Right. Yeah. If you start right there, okay, leader of your team. Anytime they've talked about leadership, they they talk about him, and uh, and then obviously a, a first rounder. Okay. And who's right there at the top of the country in strikeouts at this point in the year and 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 even hadn't even been out there much. So kind of just tells you what you lose if you don't have him. So Charlie, I mean 
in in terms of depth, I, I guess it's just a big, broad, obvious statement to say that it just means new faces have to step up and throw strikes, or else it could get ugly quick. Yeah, and you know, kind of throwing strike one is step one, and then uh, not having it take your hat off coming back to you off the bat, I guess, is step two. But nothing matters if you can't throw strikes, and that's yeah. part of the challenge that Mississippi State had so far. And yeah, you're right. You know, for uh, one man's loss is another man's opportunity, but uh, boy, there's some big shoes to fill because the thing, Sims was just one of those guys who was kind of. Uh, you know, it was just bigger than the numbers with them, mm-hmm. and so you're you're creating a real leadership void in addition to innings pitched. Sure, Charlie Winfield on your radio right now. So then you you glance over there at um, at um, who else? If we are just speculating, Charlie, you know, glancing ahead at the weekend, state's going to play tonight and tomorrow night, weather permitting, in Biloxi. But if you glance ahead of the weekend. Does everybody just move up a day? I mean, is it like, do you think that's maybe the most obvious thing? Preston Johnson will throw on Fridays for you, and then you go uh, Cade Smith on day two, and then maybe bring Fristo out of the midweek and let him throw on Sundays. Is it that simple, or do you think they find something else? I think it may be. I think you could have an argument about whether you leave Cade Smith on Sunday to just to – try to keep him comfortable where he is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of the uh, – what we always talk about in football, Matt, you know, if you move a guy from linebacker to end, well, now you've created another issue, you know, <laughs> right. create two questions instead of one. And so you wonder, sliding everybody up, you now create three people in new spots, maybe instead of one. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, they all count the same. But I do think it's pretty instructive. You know, you mentioned Bristow. Uh, not getting the start tonight, I think, probably tells you a lot about what they have in mind for him, which is, uh, I, I have to think that uh, they've got in their minds that Bristow will be going this weekend uh, because we're, we're going to see Parker Stinnett start for Mississippi State. And had you asked me last week, I'd have told you that Jackson Bristow was starting today. So looks like he's probably going to kind of return to that weekend role. Sure. And then when you kind of glance at, at uh, guys at the plate, I, uh, you know, talk me out of this. Feel free. I, I just kind of feel like, you know, it's a team they're going to hit, even though they. It's been slow. It's, it's been, um, you know, I guess up and down to say the least. But they've had some games where they didn't really put the bat on the ball, and the ball didn't fall. But I just feel like I wasn't really worried about that. I think long term they're going to hit. You know, they're going to have some guys get hot at the same time. Um, do you feel the same way, or do you have question marks with State offensively? I feel like they will hit. Um, and, and the good news is that you go back, and the guys you needed to be able to count on, Logan Tanner, Brad Combus, Luke Hancock, Cameron James, those guys are doing um, – Basically, what you want him to, you know, Hancock's still being Hancock. He's got ten walks and two strikeouts. Mm-hmm. He's getting on base. That that's what he does. Um, so really, if you look, you need somebody to get hot in right field. Aaron Downs uh, has looked pretty good in the limited time that he's got. Got started a little bit late year. Kellum Clark had a better weekend this past weekend, 
And then you need to get hot at second base. And R.J. Yeager had a pretty good pretty good weekend start to put it in play, too. And so, yeah, I kind of do. I, I, I ultimately feel like the issue is going to be um, you're going to have to score a lot of runs because you're going to – look, it's just not going to be the same pitching staff for, for a while at least. And so it's going to put some pressure on them. But I, I like that. Look, you can always go back and break down an individual at bat. But in the composite, I think we're trending in the right direction hitting the baseball. Yeah. Charlie Winfield on your radio right now. How'd you feel things looked with Luke Hancock in the leadoff spot? Now, this has you know, kind of been one of the great arguments uh, as to where to put him. You know, good as any. Uh, yeah. You know, the, uh, the, the good news, ultimately, it's just so important by any metric that you, you get guys on base. And that's the thing that Hancock just continually seems to do is get on base. He's not a guy that's going to steal a ton of bases. Uh, but sometimes just getting on base is about half the battle. Um, had four hits, I think, on the weekend. So, um, and, uh, you know, also was able to, to walk on the weekend. We walked four times. So you go back and you got, look, Eight times he gets on base over three games. That's doing his job. You feel pretty good there. Yeah. This is looking way ahead, but how good is the league this year? I think um, I think it's really good, or will be. You know, you're starting to see some. You know, you've seen some losses out of conference. Texas looks really good. Mm. You know, they beat LSU, beat Tennessee, and. So I'm not certain it's as good as it was last year, although it might have more parity, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a really difficult year for somebody to go out and win 22 games in this league. I think you've got a lot of teams, be it LSU, be it Tennessee, Arkansas, um, who are going to be able – and look, Ole Miss um, – Teams that can really hit the baseball, the question is, what are you going to get on the mound? Mm-hmm. And although they all have those couple of guys they feel good about, the question is uh, how reliable they're going to be once you see how it holds up in the league. But I think it's going to be a, a, a good year in the league. And um, I, I think, though, what you're seeing right now is a lot of teams just trying to figure out where their pitching is going to come from. Right. Charlie Winfield on your radio. Is that really what it comes down to? Also, I, I kind of have thrown that out there a few times, and then, like we do sometimes, you come back, you want to second guess yourself. I keep, I keep coming up with this idea in my head, Charlie, that you know teams that that get in the postseason and go do something, you're always pointing to their frontline guys on the mound, and then the depth of their their bullpen. You know, it just always seems like postseason comes down to pitching. Am, am I off? No, I think you're right, and I think the the thing that gives everybody a chance, if you can hit, then you give yourself a chance for one or two pitchers to kind of get hot and kind of carry you through it. And that's what we saw last year uh, for Mississippi State. For you know, Will Bednar, for about a week and a half, two weeks, was the best player we've ever had, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, he was incredible for two weeks, and ultimately – that's what you needed to get through it. And I think there's a lot of teams in the SEC who are going to give themselves a chance to be there in the end because they hit it so well. And the difference is going to be, does, 
do they have the staff at the end of the year to push them through it? Sure. Charlie Winfield on your radio right now. Charlie, uh, earlier today I got to talk with um, Chris Harris with the Mississippi Braves. Minor league teams are going to uh, – they're continuing on. You know, There's no stoppage for them. They've got opening day for the Mississippi Braves on the 8th of April, so a month from today. And I know you're a major league fan and have always followed the Yankees. Are, are you one of those fans who you're really bummed out about the, uh, the lockout and the missing of games and spring training and stuff? Uh, are you kind of does it hurt? Yeah, it drives me crazy uh, because ultimately what I hate is that you spend so much time not sitting at the table, not working it out mm. and and then coming back all of a sudden trying to have a lot of meetings at the end to now go sort it out. I think um, look, I'm also though a huge minor league baseball fan. I love minor league baseball. And I've enjoyed getting to catch up. You know, Mississippi State, you've seen Cole Gordon's down throwing, Jake Mangum's down working out. And so you cheer for these guys, and you kind of hope that, you know, maybe they're getting a little extra work in, and maybe when those big league camps do open up, that some of those guys get a shot um, to to try to advance a little bit more uh, just by virtue of getting in some extra reps and being ready to go. So, I hate it. I wish they could work it out. I feel like they will. There's just too much money to be lost uh, and and too much reputational harm to be done to baseball. You go back to what we went through in the mid-90s with the strike there and now the lockout. Uh, you know, kind of oddly, one of the things that I think hurt baseball was the idea of you know, kind of steroid and H, HGH you know, scandals. Mm-hmm. But what pushed baseball kind of back into being popular again was the McGuire and Sammy Sosa and the excitement of home run chases and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but baseball, they don't need to be in the spot of having to be bailed out from their own, uh, you know, own failures here many more times. It just looks like the other leagues, the NFL, say what you will, and they've got a handle on what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, even the NBA. But for whatever reason, baseball just can't get it together. It, it just drives me crazy. You know, that's the thing too, Charlie. Is like um, you look at different negotiation tactics on one side or the other, and I, I can't wrap my head around who thought it was a good idea to go like forty something days back around the first of the year without talking to each other. You know, like you're involved in high level negotiations from time to time, or at least you know um, deliberations. I mean. Who thought that was a good idea? Who could have possibly thought that was the thing they should have done, is to spend that amount of time not even talking to each other? Yeah, I was telling somebody, they were uh, kind of complaining about lawyers and kind of waiting the last minute. I said, well, most lawyers at least have other things to do that <laughs> kind of forces them to do things at the deadline. For these guys, this is their only job. They are, you know, they didn't have anything else going on, and it just comes down to this battle of wills and who's going to blink first, which is when you go into this with a win-lose mentality, it just it sends everything uh, it just sends everything spiraling downward and we're going to see it. And Boy, I could get going for quite a while <laughs> on my views of Rob Manfred and uh, how Major League Baseball is running itself. But, yeah. um, you know, the they got to they got to act like grown ups and just sit down and talk to each other here. Hey, and last thing, Charlie. So they're banning the shift 
in Major League Baseball? Mm. Thumb, thumbs up or thumbs down on that? Thumbs down, an emphatic thumbs down. It, it drives me because, by the way, Ted Williams, who you know, one of the greatest hitters that ever played the game of baseball, yeah. um, had teams shift against him. We think about the shift as being something new and a product of analytics. Uh, but I've actually got an old baseball card. They call it the Ted Williams shift where they have about eight guys from the second base bag to the right side. <laughs> and Ted Williams made an adjustment. And it just kind of drives me crazy that we're making an adjustment to the baseball based on the needs of guys like Joey Gallo. Um, you know, and I, I saw a great tweet yesterday. I can't take credit for this, though I wish I could. Uh, imagine changing the rules in football to ban two deep safeties because a quarterback can't throw it down the field. Mm. Um, that, that's what we're talking about right here. You know, what we say to an offensive football, uh, adjust. But, mm. you know, we've gone in baseball where the old saying was, you know, hit them where they ain't, uh, to now we're saying move them from where I'm hitting it. Right. And it just it drives me nuts. I have to agree with you. <clears throat> I'm right there with you on that one. I, I am not a fan of banning the shift. Charlie, the time always goes by quickly when you jump on the show with us, and I appreciate it very much. Like you, we'll be watching um, that game tonight, see how it goes. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Talk soon. Talk soon. That's Charlie Winfield. You hear him with Bart on the Out of Left Field podcast, and I uh, see him on the SEC Network Plus broadcast Mississippi State baseball basketball games. Banning the shift. Now, let's just move the line, right? Here's the standard. Well, let's just change the standard. What are you doing? (laughs) I agree with Charlie. All right. Plenty more to go here in Hour 2 in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Who's not bald? He's just taller than his hair is. Nice hair! It's a Matt Wyatt show. All right, back with you in the bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Y'all text, y'all call. Text me on the country, please, and text line 885 ESPN or 885 3776. We got into a discussion earlier, as we do from time to time, about great sitcoms. Tyler texted the show on the country, please, and text line and said, Sanford and Son, still a great watch. It is. Somebody sent in a vote for Heat of the Night. Now, that's one that would be new to me. I never did watch In the Heat of the Night, you know, and so I need to go back and watch those. I'm sure um, I would enjoy them. Not a sitcom. Not a sitcom. It's a drama. It's a TV drama. Uh, Ready, Teddy said, when I was growing up, I was the remote control. Yep, right there with you, Teddy. If you grew up a child of the 80s, you were the guy getting up and going back and forth uh, from the TV. I mentioned football. Football. And the league where they play for pay. Football in America is a special game. What? A unique game. Who? Played nowhere else on earth. Where? It is a rare game. The men who play it make it so. Yes. Blockbuster trade. Okay, and it's not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is re-upping with the Green Bay Packers, and they're going to pay him the most money anybody's ever made in football and so on and so forth and whatnot. And I don't care. But I do care about this. 
because there's a player coming into the vaunted AFC West where your Kansas City Chiefs reside and have won the division over and over and over and over again. Blockbuster trade after weeks of negotiations in one of the largest trades in NFL history. The Seattle Seahawks and Denver Broncos have agreed to terms for a deal involving Super Bowl winning quarterback Russell Wilson. Sources have told ESPN. Adam Schefter of ESPN said the trade gives Denver the quarterback it has sought since Peyton Manning retired, and it gives Seattle a foundation on which to build without the quarterback who led the Seahawks to their only Super Bowl title. Who is going where? Here it is. Seattle. Seattle gets quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, He's the best player in all of this. Hold on, hold on. Defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick. And the Denver Broncos get Russell Wilson and a fourth-rounder. Now, what do y'all think about that? Wasn't Teddy Bridgewater there this year, this past year? Denver? Uh, he was. Yeah, he was uh, there. Maybe he'll go back to New Orleans. That might be. A, that wouldn't hey, be a bad idea. Hey, there's an idea. Well, let me just tell you something right now. This tight end, first of all, Noah Fant. He's out of Iowa. He's big time, big time, big time. And that's a really, that's a good deal. Now, again, you're in the NFL. You got to build it around a quarterback, and nobody thinks that, you know, Drew Locke is going to go in there and do what Russell Wilson did. But it is a, it is a rebuild move for Seattle. Okay, and I can't help but yeah, it's good for Denver. Okay, because you're going to add Russell Wilson in there and try to build it around right now and compete with Mahomes and the Chiefs in your division. Of course, you know you look out there at Los Angeles in the division. You got the Chargers, who have Justin Herbert, and they're coming on. You look at the Raiders. I mean, it's a big time move for Denver. I just don't. They've given everything away here for Russell Wilson. And maybe Russell Wilson is capable of stepping right in and leading you to compete for a Super Bowl the way he did years ago for Seattle. I just don't know. But look what Denver gave away. Okay, yeah, quarterback for quarterback, Drew Locke, and he can give you some service time. But Noah Fant, I just think, is a big-time player and going to be. And then a defensive lineman is Shelby Harris, but also two first-round picks and two second-round picks. And a fifth rounder. You've added on top of these three players that does include a quarterback who has played in the NFL that can get you by and play for you, but a tight end who has, like, I'm serious. Noah Fant has top five tight end in the NFL potential. There's no question about it. Okay, so the three players, but five draft picks, including two firsts and two seconds, and that's what Seattle gets for sending Russell Wilson to Denver? I mean, I just think it's a <laughs> – okay, and see, I want to make sure I'm on the same page. Roshanna texted the show on the Country Pleasing text line and said, Highway Robbery. Roshanna, are you thinking what I'm thinking in that this is highway robbery on the part of Seattle? That's what I'm thinking. To get, they just reached right into their back pocket and took their wallet. 
Here, here's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Here, we'll give you Russell Wilson. Okay? We're going to get two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-round pick. And, I mean, even if they told you those were the picks you were getting and they were only giving you Noah Fant, the tight end Noah Fant, you were only picking up Noah Fant, that right there would be a steal for Seattle, much less you get the defensive lineman and a quarterback in the deal too. It's just incredible to me what Denver gave away to get Russell Wilson. I'm sure it was the asking price for Seattle. Maybe it's a win-win for both. We'll see. It's a huge deal. Uh, let's see. What, the trade? Are they saying now that – I mean, Russell Wilson's going to approve it. Aren't they saying he has to approve the trade? Yeah. Seahawks are getting back defensive lineman Shelby Harris, who Denver considered a locker room leader. All those picks – I'm not even talking about Noah Fant. But I'm just telling you, he's really good. Man, what a deal. What a deal. Ready Teddy on the Country Pleasing text line says, remember the Herschel Walker trade? Kind of reminds me of that deal. Help me out with the details on that because I I haven't Googled it, Teddy, but who was it? Was it Cowboys? Traded all this stuff away to get him? Am I right? And then what happened? Hmm. I'm talking five draft picks and three players, a really good D lineman, a really good tight end. Okay, a quarterback who has started a bunch of games in the NFL, two first round picks and two second round picks and a fifth. Man, Seattle was sitting there with Russell Wilson saying, yeah, we'll trade him to you, but you're going to have to turn the wheelbarrow over. You understand? I'm talking about turn it over. And they have. Roshana said highway robbery. I tend to agree. Man, man, man. Hey, and listen to this too. What are the chances? I mean, like you would never think that after all this drama, the Packers would give Aaron Rodgers, the deal of a lifetime, making the highest paid player ever. And on the day that it happens, it ain't even big news. <laughs> by the time the by the time it actually hits, we get to lunchtime the day of, and it's second page now. I mean, Denver. Denver. Okay, they're gonna do all that to get Russell Wilson so they can what? immediately compete with the Chiefs who have Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and all those guys and compete with the Chargers who have Justin Herbert and Mike Williams and all those guys. I mean, it's just, I don't think it happens. I don't think it does that. Tyler said, uh, let's see, Minnesota gave Dallas so much for Herschel that Dallas built their dynasty on. Okay, gotcha. So it was the other way. It involved Dallas, but it wasn't him going to Dallas. It was Herschel Walker going from Dallas to Minnesota. And the Vikings gave it all up for it. Okay. That's kind of the way it looks. I mean, here's the thing about it. Now the, now the pressure and the expectations do shift 
to Seattle, right? Like if you're in charge up there, I mean, how much longer is Pete Carroll going to be their coach? Is he still their coach? <laughs> okay, but who's their GM? I don't even know who the GM is. But now the pressure and the expectations shift over there because of what you have to work with. Okay, yeah, maybe that doesn't lead you to immediately. You know, and I guess it depends on like when the picks are, like this draft, next draft, three drafts from now. When are they? And, and some of those things do matter, sure, because that will dictate the time frame. You can go out here and maneuver all this stuff around. But with all those picks, you add in the players. Is to, for, for Seattle, is 2022 a get-by year at quarterback? Or do you like somebody in a draft? Now you got pieces you can trade if you want. Trade some of that. If there's a quarterback you like in a draft, go trade in there and get him. You know? I don't know. That's why they pay them the big bucks and not somebody like me. But still, it just seems like Seattle came out ahead. Can't believe it. Just can't believe what all Denver had to give up to get him. One of the biggest. Okay, so the trade is pending a physical and Russell Wilson's approval. And that's the latest 54 minutes ago from Adam Schefter. Very interesting. Give up all that, bring Russell Wilson to Denver, and then lose to the Chiefs twice. <laughs> Am I overconfident? Sure. All right, we'll wrap things up with you next. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stay with me. State radio analyst. And he's on your radio right now. Now you've got the Matt Wyatt Show. Hot coffee. Yeah, buddy. Hot coffee. You know how, like, uh, what if life were a little more like the ballpark? What if life were a little bit more like the ballpark or the ball game? You know how like you go to a ball game, particularly when you were a kid, it really stood out to you. You go to your first, you know, major league ball game and the guys are walking around going, Popcorn! Popcorn! You know, and old Coke and um hot dogs. Hot dogs! You know, selling the vendors, walking around selling stuff. Cotton candy and all this. You know, and as a kid you want one of everything, and your dad's like, Nope, we don't need that. <laughs> Um, what if life were, what if people were just walking around randomly on the street, in the building where you work, I don't know, in your neighborhood going, hot coffee, hot coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Boy, I'd be a sucker. I'd be buying that stuff all day long. I got hot coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany. I just recently opened a bag of the uh, Ethiopian, it's called Yurgachev blend man it's one of my favorites um and i i took a tip from uh my friend neil price and when i grind up those coffee beans and i pour it down in the the press every now and then just for fun i sprinkle a little cinnamon in it just a little bit and it really it doesn't even change the flavor as much as it changes the smell a little bit 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the real, that's, that's the real stuff right there. You can get some of that at uh, highpointroasters.com. If you just go to highpointroasters.com, order it. Tell them I sent you. Dan, the coffee man, will hook you up. You can pay for it right there online. Get what you want. It'll show up at your doorstep. You'll open the mailbox and go, oh, that smells good. Trust me, I'm not exaggerating. It really does. It really does smell that good. All right, let's head over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone. Paul, hanging on line one. What's up, Paul? Hey, Paul. How are you? I haven't talked to you in a while. Has been a while. Hope you're doing well. How's the homecoming queen? She's doing very well. She was here earlier, but she ran out. She's got to go. She's always moving on to something else, you know. I can't get her to sit here for two yeah, hours. I, I hear you. Well, I was going to call you. I heard you uh, remark about the Walter, not the Walter, but the uh, Herschel Walker trade. Yeah. And I, I was at Ole Miss at the time that happened, and I'll tell you what happened. Okay. The Minnesota Vikings gave Dallas five draft picks for Herschel Walker. Two first, two seconds, and a third. And those draft picks turned into Eric Allen. Uh, Aikman. Okay. Uh, uh, the wide receiver. I can't call his name. Um, uh, Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin. And, of course, uh, Emmett Smith. <laughs> And uh, they won. They won three of the next four Super Bowls. They sure did. Good night. Good night. I just so, that is really incredible. And I and I'm going to tell you before you even mentioned that the first thing I thought about was, you know, that trade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was around 1990. It was. Uh, yeah, 1990. And, and uh, you know. I say they won the next three of the four. They didn't. They took them a little while to jail. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Aikman had a typical first season in the NFL. And, but by year two or three, uh, they were, they were just awesome. And yeah. it was those six draft picks that, uh, that led the way. Yeah. Isn't that something? And see, you know, this one, Maybe not quite to the same extent, but still modern day for a team like Denver to give all that away. You're talking, okay, it's five draft picks, but two first-rounders. Yeah, that's it. It's it's two first-rounders, two second-rounders, and a fifth, but also three players, a very good defensive lineman, uh, in my opinion, a super talented tight end, and a quarterback who has legit starting experience, which is very, very valuable. You know, it's like – they just gave away so much to get this one player, and I understand he's a quarterback, but man. And and I know you're old enough to remember the five players I mentioned. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, what that Dallas drafted, it was just awesome. Mm-hmm. And you know, really cool. Three stuff. of the four, three of the five, no, four of the five are in the Hall of Fame, including Eric Allen. Yeah. Yeah, and say it worked out for Dallas for sure. Good stuff, Paul. Worked out pretty good. <laughs> worked out pretty good. It sure did. Hey, uh, I've been listening for a while, and uh, 
I want you to spend some time talking about my old Mr. Old baseball team, too, all right? Okay, we'll do, because we don't really have a choice. They're number two in the country. They're super-duper this year, for sure. You know, sure. I can all turn out, though. Oh, man. And baseball's weird. That early, this early yeah. season baseball will fool you if you're not I careful. If you think about it, what state's going through this year, uh, Ole Miss went through last year. You know, they lost uh, mm-hmm. Elko. They lost Hoagland, and they lost uh, uh, Elko, yep. and they lost a uh, great player out of the bullpen. And, mm-hmm. you know, and when you were – and Hoagland ended up being drafted in the first round. Yeah. He was that good. That's right. That's and right. you know when you lose when you lose a uh, a pitcher that you can pretty much count on, giving the ball to on Friday night, and he's going to give you a W nine out of ten times. That's 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 a hard loss. You ain't woofing. That is really true, Paul. And you're exactly right. Ole Miss went through something very similar last year, losing Hogan, which is a little later in the year when they actually lost him. But still, you know, you lose him before the first. It was the weekend before SEC play. Mm-hmm. Elko tears his knee up. You go without him. Yep. I, I, I can't remember the name of the player in a bullpen, but it was a guy y'all were counting on who he's gone, and it just, you know, it puts you against yep. it for sure. I mean, it's tough. Yep, it does. His name was Theopi. Okay. Gotcha. He is scheduled to come back uh, the first weekend in April. Okay. So he's been out a long time, and he – he had a Tommy John uh, surgery as well. Yeah. So. Well, and the good news in 2022 for these players is that Tommy John surgery is not nearly as big a deal as it used to be. You know, I mean, you, you look at Hoagland, oh, you know, you, you look at Hoagland, you look at some of these guys in the past, you know, they get a, they get a UCL tear, they're going to have Tommy John. These pro teams are like, I don't care. So what? They don't need, it's just a matter right. of when they come back. And that's the good news. And, you know, if they could have had Hoagland, you know, through the postseason and sure. out of Arizona, I mean, it would have been – they would have probably been in the College World Series playing your Bulldogs. It would have made a huge difference. And have a healthy Elko, you know. Yeah, um, and a healthy Elko, right. I mean, he played – he came back, but he played on one leg, basically. Right, and hit home but, runs on it. <laughs> yep. I'll never forget he's that already one. already got five home runs this year. I know. I'll never forget that one against A&M. He comes back against A&M. He's up there and, like, kind of balancing on one leg and still hits it out of the ballpark. Yep. It was pretty incredible. Well, he's got a lot of power on his upper body, though. No doubt about it. A lot it. more than a lot of people. No doubt. But anyway, yeah, I'm cool. sure the uh, homecoming queen's enjoying the baseball season. Isn't she? She's wearing an Ole Miss shirt about four out of seven days a week. I'll put it that way. She kind of quietly goes about it. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, well, I'm Teller pre- still have credibility when it's seven out of seven there you go there you go appreciate the call paul good to hear from you thank you uh ready teddy on line two thanks for hanging on teddy what's up and uh two quick points the guy from the Braves uh that you had on earlier um just reminded me of my childhood of going to the jackson met games at smithfield stadium and i'm gonna tell you something there's a bunch of tough little kids that came out from behind that pen chasing home run balls over there because <laughs> If you came out of there with the ball, you earned it. <laughs> it was a fight, huh? If you came out of the wood, you look like you've been in a honky tonk bar brawl. <laughs> but anyway, um, but 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 the second thing thing is thank you for entertaining me. Is this Ole Miss Rebels on the way to 
uh, I'm pulling into the coast now to watch your diving dogs tonight. And thanks to this radio station, tomorrow night, a, a person's become my friend through this station. Laura Bully will be joining me for tomorrow night. Oh, that's great. That is great. Well, listen, Dad Gummit, I want a phone call from one of y'all and a full report uh, on Thursday. Or I mean, on Friday. Okay. All right, sounds good. Y'all have a good one. All right, you too. Enjoy the ball game. Ready, Teddy? So he's going to watch two games tonight down there in Biloxi. Atta boy. Uh, I was looking at the weather for Biloxi. I mean, I think they're fine tonight. Tomorrow, I mean, it's more of a chance of steady rain throughout the day tomorrow. It doesn't mean it will, just more of a chance tomorrow. Uh, but it looks like they'll be okay tonight. Speaking of rain, we got a rain man in the studio. Rain man? Yeah, he's a rain man. He's a genius. Uh, who's that? Huh? Genius. Talk to him. Talk to him, genius. Who's the genius? Def- definitely Matt White. De- hey! de- definitely Matt White. <laughs> My man, Beaver. Hey, Matt White. Hello, Beaver. I was in here and talking to Uncle Bill, and I just wanted to jump on your show and say, hey, hey that's, well, that's I, how we do it. That's I, professional. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. I just wish next time it'd be a little sooner so that yeah, we don't have to. Everybody called just as he was about to sit down. Well, if <laughs> Paul wouldn't have talked for 28 minutes like he always does. There you go. It's Paul's fault. <laughs> All right, boys. Beaver, good to hear your voice. Bill, thanks yes, as always. Yeah, you too. Have a good night. And to everyone that tuned in and texted and called, we appreciate you. Tomorrow, same time, same place. See you then in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio.